Rise guys, rise gals. Big news. John and I don't know what we're talking about sometimes. And so we have a special midweek segment because a lot of you are angry at us over at Mad About Mad About You. So my name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. And we are here to bring you Mad About Mad About Mad About You. Because that's what you are. And we're going to answer some of your questions and concerns that you have had with us over the past few weeks. I don't know if everyone's as mad as Russ thinks, but I think Russ has taken some of the heat because I, I believe uh, most of the errors <laughs> occurred on his side of last week's episode. I'll take it. What did we mess up last time? This is the what corrections. These are the corrections. Well, recently, if you recall, Selby runs, well, here's a hiccup already, because Selby runs either a 5K or a 10K. Do we remember this? Can we agree on this? Yeah, I agree he runs either a 5 or a 10K. <laughs> Great. Well, we didn't know how long that was <laughs> in miles. Right, I and estimated. So we just said, yeah, uh, we, whatever we said, it was not the case. Wait, I don't think I was that off, though, right? Was I? I, said, I think well, I said like three miles or so, right? Well, here we go. A 5K is 3.1 miles. I can say that with confidence. Wait, so did I get it right? I don't remember what you said. All I know is that whatever I said, people were like, that ain't right. Uh, I'm sorry, Russ. It's okay. And a 10K is uh, 6.2 miles. Right. So there we have it. A mile is uh, 0.6 miles is basically a kilometer, more or less. Right. Yes, more or less. you do the math. You do. (laughs) But that's not what the segment is. This segment is we did the math, and here's what the math is. (laughs) But you know what? I yeah. I would have let the math thing go. I heard from people saying, hey, your mileage to kilometers is not quite right. And I did not care. I did not change it. But the thing that made me think of doing a midweek update occurred in last week's episode, John. What happened in last week's episode, Russ? Well, in last week's episode, episode four, you and I discussed the movie Keeping the Faith. Yes, we did. Classic. Ben Stiller. Classic. Some what's that and girl's name again? You always talk about Jenna, Jenna, Jenna Elfman. El- Jenna Elfman, and then later in that episode, we talked about a scene involving throw pillows, which I made a big show <laughs> about pointing out to you mm-hmm. that it occurred in the movie Keeping the Faith. Yeah, you gave me a quiz, right? On the fly, I gave you, I gave you an on the fly, which is no, fun. Uh, maybe a quiz. Also, kind of an interrogation. <laughs> sure, sure. You sort of aggressively asked me what movie that we discussed earlier uh, I, the pillow talk had occurred in. Yeah, I indicated that if you had been paying attention to our episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you would know it. Yeah, you laid it on pretty thick, you, as I recall. A little thick. And then you said, uh, I feel like it has Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. I believe I did say that. Correct? Correct? And uh, and I replied to that, no. That's correct? No, it does not. And I think I said something like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then I guessed Cameron Diaz, which I think is a good guess, and, based on Jennifer Aniston, said, you know, being in my gut. And I said, no, John, mm-hmm. you stupid idiot. Mm-hmm. And then I said that it occurred in Keeping the Faith. Yeah, absolutely. And I believed you because you were yeah. so confident. Well, anyway, John, I'm here to apologize <laughs> to you, and I'm here to apologize to the fans. So what was the movie that uh, a discussion about the pillows uh, occurs in 
Uh, Russ? It seems, it seems that it was from uh, Along Came Polly. And who's in that movie besides uh, Ben Stiller? I forget. Who? The late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh-huh, uh-huh, sure, sure. Yes, but uh, who who uh, who is he in the Caribbean with? Russ? Uh, Hank Azaria has a hilarious turn. Okay, sure. Who, okay, fine. <laughs> who is the romantic female lead, Russ? Nobody knows. Anyway, <laughs> so the next part of this segment... <laughs> It was Jennifer Aniston. You're very smart and handsome. Thank you. The biggest news of all, though, John. Yeah. We had a we sweepstakes. Had a sweepstakes we? And we have a sweepstakes winner. Who did win, Russ? At Nutmegs. At Nutmegs. 310. Ms. Megan Gray, you have won the sweepstakes. A giant check is being mailed to you right now. Oh, boy. Well, I guess I know how we're starting next week's episode. All right, no, no check. There's no check. Uh, <laughs> this is your digital giant check. Yeah, Megan this is Gray, your digital giant check. Because you knew. What did what did Megan Gray know, John? I'm not telling these people. They could go figure it out themselves if they want to know the answer. <laughs> it's you, me, you and Megan. Tell them? No, not at all. The winner. Well, the great. so the question was: What leading actor on Brooklyn Bridge makes? A multitude of appearances on Mad About You as well. And the answer is the great actor, husband of Olympia Dukakis, Louis Zorick. Mm-hmm. Who does he play on Mad About You? He plays Burt Buckman. Burt Buckman. We haven't met Burt Buckman in the show yet. No, we've only heard allusions uh, of his par- uh, to his parents. Guys, you have so much to look forward to with Mr. Louis Zorick yeah. on this show. Well, Miss Megan Gray... At Nutmegs310, we thank you, we salute you. And we thank all of you. So that's it, right? That's everything? If Mad About You was a final frontier, we're traveling outside of time and space here. So let's break it down now, it's just what we do. It's Mad About, Mad About You. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Mad About, Mad About You, <laughs> which is a Mad About You recap podcast. And I've never said it with quite that inflection. A little bit strange. Anyway, hello. My name is Russ Fader. My name's John Marbley. John, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm so good. A good week? A good week for you? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, you know, I saw a great... Do people want to hear... Do people want to hear this? I don't know. Go for it. You know what? If you don't want to hear this, just skip ahead a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. This is the part where you get to know us as people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to a double feature last night at the Egyptian Theater. Oh. Which is uh, Sid Grauman's less popular, you know, because everyone oh. knows the Chinese one. But no one ever talks about the Egyptian because there's no footprints. But it's way more beautiful. You ready for this? Nobody mm. talks about the Egyptian... That's a song everyone knows. <laughs> I love you so much, John. <laughs> it's a play on Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles. It's mostly just a dumb, bad joke. But if you had gotten it, you'd have loved it. You'd be doing backflips right now. Well, I'm sure whoever didn't skip this really appreciates it. Fantastic. Anyway, what happened when you went to this movie? Oh, it was just great. It's this beautiful old theater, and it's they use like pyramid brick. Like it looks like pyramids when you walk in, oh, and they cool. have like pharaoh sculptures. And then, and yeah, instead of a movie, they act out. <laughs> 
in Egyptian garb. They do that. Oh, well, that sounds less interesting. I don't. No, it was this Nazi double feature of uh, Thirty Nine Steps and an old Nazi comedy that was made before we even got in the war. That was so far ahead of its time, called "To Be or Not to Be," which Mel Brooks remade in the eighties, but Ernst Lubitsch made the first one. So. Both times you said two Nazi movies and then a Nazi comedy. At no point did I think satirizing the Nazis. You thought I meant the Nazis had a sense of humor and made a movie yeah, about just it? just like, yeah, I went to see Birth of a Nation and another big <laughs> movie last night. It was great. And the drama. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw a Nazi comedy where they were just killing everybody. It was so funny. It is weird. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, Jack Benny's in it, and supposedly his dad was so upset with him that, that he walked out of the premiere. Really? Yeah. That's but really it's neat. so funny. I need to go and see some more old movies in theater. They just re-released Singing in the Rain. They did a limited Yeah, that's over, thing. pal. Yeah, I know. I've I never seen it. it. I've never seen the movie. What? I know. I love it. fantastic. I know. I know. Richard Kind. Yeah! Yes! <laughs> Oh, well. Yeah, you should. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> You're lost, pal. I mean, you know, you'll see it one day. Who cares? I'm sure I will. Yeah. Unless Until I then, don't. You won't know what you're missing, and when you do, you'll be happy you saw it. <laughs> That's why at 33, when someone tells me to see something, it, it I'm so unfazed at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe. I, who cares? <laughs> I like that we really broke down the stages of what it is to see a movie. You'll... <laughs> You know, you'll want to see it, and then you'll see it, and after you've seen it, you'll either have been glad for having had seen it, or you'll be disappointed that you saw it, and you won't have liked it. So uh, Yeah, that's the flowchart. So that's... <laughs> I'm glad we broke this down. Yeah, if anyone needs us to publish it. that in diagram form, <laughs> if anyone's been getting to any of those steps and been a little confused as to which direction they could go from there, <laughs> this will be an aid. We can, we can sell a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, it's a page. Yeah, to like the movie, turn to page five, Are and then you, you turn mo- to page... a movie phone. Yes, yes. And then you yes, and then you turn to page five, and it's just like <laughs> you like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Go tell your friends and give them the book. <laughs> oh well, that How's was your stupid. week. Stupid. That was fine. I don't want to talk about it. No, I'm um, thinking about the people who skipped ahead a little and thought they finished this part, but now we're like, oh, it's no. still going. No, we have a two-hour podcast about a 22-minute <laughs> show, so the, uh, the recap portion is going to be a little bit of time. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, what happened this week? I feel like I did something fun recently. Oh, that's right. I saw Oh, Hello on Broadway. Oh, great. With John, with John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. And James L. Brooks was the guest. Very fun. Co-creator of The Simpsons, director of Broadcast News, and as mm-hmm. good as it gets. As good as it gets, you know who's in that. Jack Nicholson. And... Greg Kinnear. And... A dog. <laughs> now you're being willfully obtuse. <laughs> Miss Helen Hunt. Yeah, that's the one. And yeah, it was... Oh, God, it's so funny. It was so, so funny. It's a great show. If anyone's in New York, they should go see Oh Hello on Broadway, though it might have already closed. By it time sure did. Out. We saw the third to last show on Saturday, and then wow. there were two more shows. Yeah. So these people missed out, but they don't know what they're missing because they'll never see it. So, That's true. 
If you read yes. page two of our pamphlet, you know <laughs> you have nothing to yeah. lose. This is a, this is a, this is a different book entirely. If you saw it, great. If you didn't see it, you Who cannot cares? see it. Yeah. <laughs> Live with that. Live with regret. I always like to read the last page first. <laughs> That's uh, when Harry met Sally, yeah. Oh yeah, it is. But also, like everyone. But also the world. That's why it resonates. Yeah, it sure does. Let's talk about other things. Yeah, sure. Well, what episode are we reviewing? We are reviewing episode. Hey, schmucks oh. who skipped ahead, I bet you skipped past this part. Now you're going backwards to try and find <laughs> the beginning of the recap. Don't skip next time. How about that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's real, real funny. Sorry, what, what episode is no, this? It's called Paul in the Family. Oh, uh, what is that a play on? That is a play on All in the Family. One of my favorite shows. It's a play on Paul in the Mamily, which is a, <laughs> which is a nonsense word at the end of that phrase. Yeah, mamily. I don't get it. No. Yeah, All in the Family. One of my very favorite shows. It's so funny because I love Seinfeld. I love Mad About You. I lo- there are so many shows that I have loved better and more. But if I, like, that is my desert island show, All in the Family. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I've seen maybe like 10 episodes, but every time I'm like, it's seismically funny. You know, everyone always tells you you look like Jason Alexander, but does anyone ever tell you you look like Rob Reiner? No. Do you no. think you do? I could see it. Not look exact, but like, no, you got the I vibe could see, and no, I could you know, see. the I beard and the... Sure. I got the beard. I got, uh, yeah. By the way, uh, listening audience, I do look very, very much like Jason Alexander. I'm not sure if we've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, not George Costanza, because George never had a beard. That's true. That's true. Real life Jason. Yeah, I have not heard the Rob Reiner thing. Well, I think you look like Rob Reiner. Well, now I have to go and gain a bit of weight and really fill out the Rob Reiner thing. I mean, that's true for both of them. That's true, too. Yeah. Looks like I'm going to be gaining weight (laughs) one way or the other, pal. So Paul and the Family aired first on October 21st, 1992. Wednesday night, still coming in with Wednesday those Wednesdays. Wednesday night. This, what was it? Here's some... Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go, what were we going to say? Oh, the TV Guide description. I love reading yes. these. Because it's really... Guys, it's a master class. Oh, I don't in, I don't in, have the... Dis- oh, you have the TV Guide description. Oh, I always get it. You never get it? Yes. No, you always do. Oh, I, I, mean, I, I just I get it. I come up with the other stuff. Oh, yeah, right. Well, guys, whatever. I bring the funny. You bring the, yeah. the TV Guide description. <laughs> yeah, I'm a real taskmaster. <laughs> They're just so concise. Yeah. Jamie's visiting parents turn Jamie into a, quote, a raving lunatic who bribes her sister to share the experience. Yeah. I mean, they, they nailed it. Well In done. one short sentence. Great work, TV guide. I mean, yeah, this is their field, but still. So as far as what else was on television that night, got something a little bit different for you today, John. No kidding. Okay. I hope you don't mind. Ugh, so I hate when they change the schedule. I was all set <laughs> to watch my show. Holy moly. <laughs> That was very accurate. So, right now, Mad About You is on Wednesday nights. It will not always be. Correct. But also on right now, it is sharing the night with Unsolved Mysteries. Correct. We've spoken about it before. Yes. So, I decided to look into what was happening on Unsolved Mysteries that night. Oh, baby, yeah. So, in every episode, they have different... Apparent, I've never seen the show. Have you seen the show? 
Unsolved Mysteries? You've never seen it? I mean, it, well, you, no. it would scare me too much, so I, but I've seen a little. Sure. You know what would kill me is if you are about to say a mystery that's been solved since. That would be amazing. Well, don't, don't well, tell me. Gonna... Don't, uh, okay. Fine. Okay. So here we go. There, yeah, there are four different categories of things that happened, apparently. Is there are mysteries, there's the wanted section. Yeah, those are just job ads. <laughs> no, there's, yeah, right. <laughs> there's mysteries, there's wanted, there's lost, which is also just a lost and found listing. Oh, <laughs> it's not lost no. and found people. Oh, you're, oh my God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> hey, John, I'm making the same joke you just made. <laughs> okay. It's mysteries, it's wanted, it's lost, and I thought there were four, but now I'm realizing that it's another wanted. Well, so the fourth one's a mystery. <laughs> there's three things. There you go. Ooh, oh my god, this works on so many levels. So, it was the mystery of Glenn Loney. Okay. Wanted is the New Orleans serial killer. E. Yeah, sounds awesome. <laughs> Lost is the savior of James Vernon. Oh, sure. But we're going to talk a little bit about this other wanted, who is J.D. Method. Okay. J.D. Method was a con man who was wanted for fraud, who bilked at least 17 women of their money in Golden, Colorado. So he's just going around. Okay. He's a swindler, John. Yeah. What a jerk. 17's a lot of women to yeah. bilk. One woman named Peggy Peterson met Method in 1990 and invested in a phony car deal. Also, his name sounds phony. Yeah, that, that's true. It does. <laughs> I mean, that's step one. Yeah, you meet this guy... And you're like, hi, I'm Peggy Peterson. He says, hi, I'm J.D. Method. And she should say, you're going to steal my money, right? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you're yeah. going to get your money stolen with a name like Peggy Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can see where this is going to work. Yeah, it's a match made in heaven. I can see how this plays out. Uh, <laughs> I'm card honorist. Hi, I'm gullible. <laughs> uh, another woman named Linda Weaver loaned Method money in order to start a phony business. And he did that a lot. He'd get right. loans from people, and once he had people's money, he'd go on the run. That sounds so easy in a way. It kind of does. Yeah. And it also sounds vaguely not illegal, where it's just like, if you can... <laughs> it right. Clear, it clearly is, but it's just like, no, you got tricked. I yeah. Asked you, <laughs> I know I, what you mean. I asked you to give me money, and then you did, and then I left. Yeah, is it like, illegal? I'm, like, can I'm you be prosecuted for lying? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently. Because I'll tell you, John, you were very excited to know whether or not this person was captured. And guess what? They were. Ah! Oh. Captured. But here's a weird twist. How many? Because yeah. we, we said this episode aired on October 21st, 1992. Don't tell me he was captured before it aired. He sure was. He was captured in September of 1992. Oh, okay. Hell? Okay. Well, Did... What what the hell is this show? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> unsolved mysteries. I mean, you never the case of it. the guy who solved <laughs> yeah. the, the, the solved yeah. mystery Four a solved month ago. Mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that would happen. That's all. You know. Sure. That happens. That that, that happens. That happens um, when you're producing a show about mysteries. You know, you're absolutely right. They, you're I'm absolutely sure right. they said it on the show. That's, I'm sure that's true. And that's always, that's a thrill to watch. Yes. Because they don't say it till the end, you know, just like yeah. you did. Yeah, that's true. He scammed a woman in Beaverton, Oregon. He was convicted huh. of fraud charges. That's what it is. Oh, it's fraud. fraud. Yeah. Sure. We all forget about fraud. Yeah. <laughs> Good old fraud. 
He was convicted of fraud charges and sentenced to 16 years in prison, which he served mm. and oh, has yeah. since been 92, released. 2002, 2008. Yep. So he's out. So look out, everybody. So yeah. So that's what that was. What's going on in the world? I've made a little editor's note because I just want our listeners to understand. This is an issue I have every week, okay? This whole segment was supposed to remind... It reminds me of, like, Regis Philbin going through the post every morning, right? On uh, live. He used right. to do that, right? I'm not crazy? Yes, he did that. I believe yeah, he did, yes. The post is a little trashy, even before Murdoch had it, you know? The and New York Post, yeah. Their archives... Yeah, the New York Post. If you don't know what I was talking about, you could just unsubscribe right now. You know what I mean? New York Times. The Daily News. <laughs> well, that's the... So Sorry. The pr- is that, little, a, is that, are that you is, doing a riff or is that a real song? That's a little New York State of Mind by Billy Joel for you. Are the newspapers in the song or did, were you doing that? No, no, the newspapers are in the song. The New York Times, the Daily News. That's fun. It's totally fun. Anyway, talk about your thing. Well, the archives of the Post don't go back before 97 online okay so as a result we're forced to use the times yes now i love the times but obviously it could be a little dry and a little dark so i'm going to make a more concerted effort to find the popcorny stories <laughs> because what i found from reading all the other stories is the world has always is always and will always be absolutely horrific and i got news for you compared to 1992 Things are better. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I... Oh, gosh. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. But anyway, what what kind of popcorny stuff did you find? A girl, a three-year-old was found in the trash in the Bronx. Jesus! John! No, no. <laughs> Alive! This is popcorn? No, that's just one. No, that's just the one. Because <laughs> it was a miracle. It was a very sad story. Then I was like, oh, thank God. But then... The lawyers couldn't argue that the mom shouldn't have custody anymore. So it's like, how bad are these lawyers? Holy cow. This is like open and shut, I would think. Yeah, it seems it. Oh, my God. For- <laughs> what else do you have? <laughs> well, this one was this oh, one. What is what is a date with you? Let's go and see a movie. We'll have we'll go and see a fun summer blockbuster. <laughs> Are you familiar with Birth of a Nation? <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> I did go on a date to see Zero Dark Thirty. Cool. Big mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. Didn't see her again for a year. Was it because she was a terrorist? <laughs> <laughs> she was scribbling notes the entire day. <laughs> <laughs> no, these packs of high schoolers were terrorizing and looting businesses in Jamaica, Queens, when they got out of school every day, to the point where the stores were closing for like two hours every afternoon when high school got out. Wow. Can you believe this? No. They would put their gates down and turn the lights off until kids left. That's insane. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the first scene. Yeah. Just like chaos. Like the fact that that's really what they had to do, but also it's just like, oh, the the kids, the kids are coming. Everybody out of town. Everybody everybody leaves town. Right, yeah, yeah. Warriors, right? Yeah, yeah. It's three fifteen. <laughs> get home yeah. to your loved ones. Where are you going to get some lunch? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Holy moly! 
bunch of Long Islanders uh, weighed in on the Amy Fisher case. They did a little mm-hmm. compilation of quotes. Great. And uh, <laughs> one Long Islander was called Joey Buttafuoco a Guido type and then apologized for the obnoxious ethnic reference. <laughs> called Amy Fisher a uh, princess stereotype, which I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, you know, Just like Disney child who appears. Disney princess. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disney princess. So he called uh, Amy Fisher spoiled and Joey Buttafuoco a Guido. And they said it represents Long Island. Now look. <laughs> they live there, but they were like, you know what? We need to look in the mirror. I think this is the story seems to be holding up a mirror to us. Like, as Hamlet says, good theater. Did the person from Long Island say that? No, that's where I broke off the quote one of my own little riff. That's you. I love that. Well, that that's great. I do love but the they idea said, of a person who's just like, Yeah, you know, this is us. This is us. We shoot each other in the face. After we sleep with each other. <laughs> well, they said this. their point was when black kids were involved in the Central Park jogger case, they were like, well, we asked all sorts of sociological questions then. We wanted to know what that case said about inner city life and values. And then with this one, they're like, we're just ignoring it and being like, oh, it's a one off. Interesting. Yeah. So makes you think. Fair point. And then the next person disagreed 100%. And then, <laughs> and then someone else blamed the media. It's everything's the same. Yeah. I was going to say, at least that doesn't happen anymore. Police Commissioner Raymond Kelly just got appointed, it seems like, because this was his first radio appearance or something, but he promised to hire more black cops because he said the force isn't... Well, here's what he said. He said, the force isn't racist. So I think everyone's uh-huh. side of... <laughs> just a huge sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, And that was the last anyone spoke on the subject. But then he <laughs> said, but the police should look like the people they protect. So he's half right. Sure. Oh, yeah, because he said first day on the job. So October 20th, 1992 was his first day on the job. So uh, I think we all look forward. To yeah, to best of luck to you. How he does. I think this is going to be great for everybody involved. The world was. I, it's always. See, this is what my point. Let's see. Oh, they might privatize OTB. Ooh. Yeah, which is now dead in Manhattan. So we see how good yeah. the privatization so, can be. Yeah. <laughs> uh epa well, says the well, lead levels right are now too they high. might they might they might yeah they might we'll see what we, we'll see which we'll way see. it breaks oh what else oh oh this one's fun headline dateline <laughs> i do that every time it's always the most fun go ahead <laughs> that's how <laughs> If you look at old newsreels. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) October 19, 1992. TV tunes into New York, Hollywood style. Forget those decadent Dallas and Dynasty and Falcon Crest rich people of the 70s and 80s on TV. Forget the never-never world of Love Boat and Fantasy Island and Charlie's Angels. What's hot now, at least in television, are the gritty streets and the grittier characters of New York City. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, like blah, Paul blah. and Jamie Buckman. Paul Reiser, a comedian who grew up in Stuyvesant <laughs> no. Town, is one of the creators and stars of Mad About You, an NBC show about newlyweds sitting up an apartment on 12th Street and 5th Avenue. This is a quote. A lot of writers come from New York and tend to write what they know, he said. To set this show in Istanbul, or for that matter, Los Angeles, makes no sense, even though I live in L.A. New York just has a faster, funnier edge. It's nuts out uh, there. I like that he's just like... 
first I'll say something completely nonsensical. <laughs> then I'll say something 100% realistic and logical uh, that discounts my initial thing. Absolutely. My thesis statement. He added... It uh, would make no sense for me to set this in Los Angeles. <laughs> Write what you know. I live here. It would make no sense for me to set it here. Uh, I'm sure he was on set. You know, he's multitasking. That's a sure. multitasking quote, it feels like. <laughs> he added, it's realistic to start a scene in New York with a guy walking into his apartment, cursing and saying, unbelievable, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. A lady dropped dead on the bus. The doorman spit on my shoes. Oh, we remember. Oh, that's similar to doorman sneezing, I guess, on Lisa. Mm. Whatever. Here in L.A., it's like, you're not going to believe what my agent said to me today. Who cares? What this really means is when he was in New York, he was not very successful. And when he went to L.A., he got successful. So his life changed. The city didn't change. His life changed. That could be. But I disagree because the city out here is very boring. And the city in New York is very fun and interesting and lively. To repeat, or if you're new to the show... I live in Brooklyn and work in New York, and John is living the actor's life out in L.A. Indeed. So, yeah, so... But that's a fun little story. That's really fun. Uh, oh, and the last one, because this one really warmed my heart. Please. Dateline, October 19, 1992. <laughs> 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 Go ahead. Let's see. Uh, Detective Sergeant Tony Solano, who's directing the investigation, said Vincent DePipo, 42 years old, and Neil Mastro, 21, both of Brooklyn, Holy cow. It's sad or whatever, I guess, whatever, but fun. <laughs> I want I want that to be a new ongoing segment of our show is just what organized crime happened in my neighborhood. I mean, 20, I, <laughs> I will do my best. I, I, think, I think we're just going to keep bumping into them, quite honestly, from the way this story reads. Yeah. <laughs> Does I it mean, say tune in next week? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's more than even got covered, possibly. Holy smokes. Yeah, someone else got whacked October 7th. There's Oh, there's an internal war going on, maybe. And Bensonhurst is the war zone, for part of it, at so. least. Wow. Also, one of the quotes from the investigator is, it's not like John Gotti got killed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great, great job, Commissioner Kelly. <laughs> But yeah, that's the news that's fit to print. Love it. Nice work there. Hey, I hey. got it's it's a team. It's a team. The reporters. Team. Uh... <laughs> um, let's talk about this episode of television. John, I love this episode of television. I know. Russ texted me, I think, in the middle just to say, or at the I don't know when he did, at what point he was in, but he he he's laughing out loud a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot. I think Paul Reiser has some wonderful zingers in this episode he does it was directed by paul lazarus mm -hmm. who has a long career it looks like but it seems like he just bounced from show to show doing like two to four eps of like every show you've ever heard of sure and it was written by this little uh writing team daryl rowland and lisa benedictus well done you two i assume they're a team because all of their credits are almost exactly the same and they wrote a bunch on dream on which oh, i hate but, dream on you know, obviously we all know it because of Friends, and some people know it because of Dream On, I guess. 
I watched Dream On. Dream On was a big show because that was a television show where it was just like, oh, sometimes there are naked people on this show. Oh, yeah, right. So for a, a young Russ, it's just like, yeah, all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll put up with the comedy that I don't find funny. <laughs> for... <laughs> they also wrote on Saved by the Bell college years. <laughs> and same, same comment about naked people. <laughs> yeah, save the best for last. Also, uh, that comment's applicable. The Munsters reunion special. <laughs> uh, oh, Evelyn. When Grandpa became a nudist. <laughs> we we all remember that Munster special, right? Was it Evelyn? Evelyn's the name of a Munster. Oh, was it? I think so. Maybe. I could be wrong. That sounds so normal. I'll tell you what. They're wow, neither- I sound like a real Munster jerk. <laughs> you are a real Munster. Yeah. A real huh. Munster jerk. They should have freak names. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, I mean, dude, his name is Herman. That I can say with you're confidence. Right. You're right. Herman and Evelyn <laughs> go together, I guess. Like, yeah. Herman's not weird. Yeah. So the cold open, they're in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Always somewhere in that apartment. <laughs> uh, you're right. <laughs> and Paul's ordering a pizza, and he's giving uh-huh. them the address. And just like that article confirmed, apartment's on the corner of 12th Street. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Huh. That's not a corner. That's not a good address. That's not a good direction. I guess the pizzeria is also on Fifth Avenue. Look, I I'm don't, sticking up for that. Yeah. Is I said that last night to Jen, and she said the exact same thing. I'm sick of you guys. <laughs> I'm sick of everybody supporting and making excuses for this lack of concise writing. You know why don't you lay off? <laughs> I should. Well, this sent me like down a long spiral that somehow had a purpose because I said this is the most clues we'll ever get probably of where they live or where sure. they live, but like also just that exterior was driving me crazy, remember? Yeah. So I sat on Google whatever walkthrough, what do you <laughs> Google <laughs> Whatever Go- it is where you put the little yellow man on the street and then walk around. Google yellow man. Yeah, so I'm walking up and down like a lunatic Fifth Avenue between like three blocks, just constantly. If it was a real person, it would look like the most lost person that's ever walked <laughs> through New York. <laughs> like walking 10 feet, looking at 360 degrees, <laughs> and then going 10 more feet. <laughs> but I found it. Did you? The ca- I found the exact like shot. The camera was on the corner of 13th and 5th, pointing south. And their address in real life is 56 Fifth Avenue. And I, you know what I mean in real life. I'm not crazy. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> I did it. This is huge. So, sweet, new sweepstakes. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> tweets at us or sends a photo of the bu- them at the building? Uh, is this a good sweepstakes? We'll do a shout-out for one of you or whatever. Yeah. If five of you do it, you all get a shout-out. If 100 do it, which I think is very unlikely, we'll make a lottery. Actually, no. You know what? If a hundred of you do it, <laughs> I'll read all the names. <laughs> but if ninety-nine do it, nobody gets their name right. <laughs> yeah, y'all better coordinate. <laughs> so yeah, he's ordering a pizza, and now we know where. There we go. I love it. And yeah, he does some really great phone work because Jamie wants to change the order around. Right. Okay. So that's one large pizza. Okay, now half mushroom, half meatball. Who are you talking to? The Italian embassy. <laughs> That's correct. You're ordering a pizza? 
What are you, a week behind? Stay with me. Yeah. Get pepperoni. If I change the order, his head will explode. Well, what did you I, order? Half mushroom, half meatball. Oh. No, 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 no. So I was telling my wife. No, I didn't want another one. No, just, just the one pizza, right? You get half mushroom and half pepperoni. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, is it possible? Can I, can I change the meatball to pepperoni? No. He said no. He's telling me no. <laughs> I laughed out loud. It's just a I really mean, that's well. A great, such a. That's a great, uh, really beautifully delivered joke. I was surprised that they would. Whenever me and my girlfriend get food, we talk about it ahead of time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they would enter into a pizza without discussing the toppings ahead of time. Oh, but nobody calls an audible. Mm-hmm. You never have that. I mean, not that aggressive. Like, no. I I mean, well, you know what? God bless you. Because there's last-minute changes all the time. All the, ooh, something sounds good, or something pops in your oh, head. Oh, no, we'll do that. Yeah. Oh, but not not without discussing it. I mean, I guess we would, maybe, but it just hasn't occurred. I don't know. This seems... So, it's not so like, you're... Yeah. So you're ordering, you're ordering your pizza. She suddenly decides that she may want something different, and you say, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> I'm going to call you back in 15 minutes. We need to have a summit over here. No, but it seems like they didn't even discuss it. It seemed like she was surprised by the meatball. You're right. I won't argue about that. It, she seemed, like, surprised. Yes. Like, engrossed out. Like, what, a uh, meatball? What, meatball, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not a monster. <laughs> Look, you know, let's never fight again, John. Yeah, <laughs> we shouldn't order pizza together, then. No, I guess you're right. So... Then we go into the opening credits, and we come out of the credits. And we're in scene one in the living room, which seems like the next morning. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be an episode that spans not 24 hours, maybe 28 hours, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. We bridge a night in this one. It is amazing how this show really does, like, one-day episodes. Yeah. This one does what? Like, I guess they're going to a matinee on a weekend, so it does Friday night to Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good... A also, they're point. always on weekends. Not always, but it's a lot of Friday, Fridays, Sundays, Saturdays. Like, Sure. It probably has to do also with the fact that it's a first season show, so they can only afford one set. So they I thought set you were going to say one day. That, that's really funny. They can only, you can only afford one day, John. Um, but no, they can, they, they've got We're going to need you to set every episode. <laughs> I know. We just can't afford to do weekdays right now. They can't. They can't afford to be running around all over the place. <laughs> what does that have apartment. to do with? Yeah, but also, if I may, I feel like a weekday's a day you're more likely to stay in. A weekday? People yeah. Work. No, when you get home, no one wants to see that. But when you get home, because they've done that, but they get home from work on Fridays. I feel like that's true. You know what I mean? Get home on a Tuesday. Yeah, you want to see them watch television. Well, which they do on a Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, but you want to see it. You're... Sunday people are coming over. They're going yeah. out. They're buying sofas. No, well, not on the Sunday Times. Ep- Russ, we did this episode a couple uh, uh, episodes ago. You're absolutely right. Sunday Times. Sunday Times. Sunday, Sunday Times. That's true. It was That's delightful. a reprimand. That's a reprimand. going in your jacket. <laughs> so uh, what so happens J- here? What? Jamie's cleaning, right? Jamie's, Jamie's, Jamie's cleaning, cleaning the kitchen table. She's, and she's cleaning. She's getting things set up. She's putting out some crackers and food snacks. And she's on the phone with Lisa. So it's mm-hmm. already like you got a, like a manic energy going on. Yes. A little. She is high stress. 
And it's because her parents. her parents are visiting. We all know that feeling. Yeah. In a show full of moments where it's just like, oh, I can relate to that. This one was maybe one of the, oh, I can relate to that East. Where it's just like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I've had very few in my life, which I'm very... For whatever reason, I, I usually go to them or we meet somewhere else, you know? They they always want to see the apartment when they're in town, but we don't, like, hang. I guess because they've always lived in the studios. Yeah, everybody always winds up having a good time. But sometimes beforehand, it's just like, all right, let's make sure that things are good. Let's get stuff ready. Let's finish yeah. up. Let's, yeah. Right. Which is the the line that Jamie walks the whole episode. It's true. She doesn't hate them. She's not mad. It's just like, it makes you anxious. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. As usual, nailing the emotional... Tone of life. God bless you, writers. No, I meant me. You, I'm you, joking. <laughs> You're like, I'm joking. I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is begging her to stop. Oh, Jamie's begging Lisa to come stop by while the parents are there. Yes. Lisa, can't you at least stop by? Well, what am I going to tell them? Daddy is not going to believe you've been quarantined. No, no, no. Then forget it. No, I can't talk to you now. Unbelievable. Your father was circled the block nine times. He's going to have to stop for gas soon. He enjoys parking. I have stood in the street where it's just like, you know, my girlfriend's folks will sh- will come in and parking is hard in my neighborhood. And so it's just like a spot just opened up. Russ, go stand in the street to make sure oh that nobody comes. And, like, and I've had to do it because like one or two people have driven by. And would oh, park sure. there, but I'm there. So, sure. Yeah. Uh, wow, you're a, you're a cone. I am a cone. You're absolutely right. We get some great cracker work by Paul. Yes, she puts the cheese and crackers out of the table, and he grabs one and eats it, and she freaks out. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Did you take a cracker? No. Because eating a cracker is so innocuous to him, he just has this blank look on his face of like, it's so genuine. Like, I don't know what I did. See, I took that as, I don't know why I would eat this cracker. I know that eating crackers will drive you crazy. Why would I do such a thing? (laughs) Oh, that's funny, too. The show works on so many levels. Uh (laughs) We'll have to put that on our little list of interview Mm -hmm. questions if we ever get... Mm-hmm. they'll love it let's drown them in minutia <laughs> if we ever get a guest on here oh they have that great line did you vacuum the curtains no did you dust the top of the Chrysler building <laughs> really really funny <laughs> really Amazing. funny she points out she got pate for her mom and cheese that her dad loves mm-hmm. and Paul sort of runs through oh no Jamie runs through sort of like the agenda. I love. They always do this on the show. I feel like they run yeah. through the agenda or the steps that occur in a yes. given situation. Yes, that's just that's tight writing. Yes, they'll talk about New Haven, and it's oh yeah, because right they set it up and then it happens, and then everyone feels good. Seriously, I have a plan here. I got pate for my mother. I got the cheese that Daddy loves. They're gonna have some snacks. They'll go through the wedding album. They'll talk about New Haven. They'll grill me a little about Lisa, and then they're off to the matinee. So, Sally, you don't even need me here today. I hope you're kidding. Very important. The matinee element. But Indeed. we don't know that yet. But we got a hunch. We got a hunch. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul is seeing Jamie freak out 
And he goes over and says to Murray, If I were you, I'd hide under the bed. <laughs> Save me a space. That's a dicey line to throw out there, I feel like, in that moment. It's pretty big. It's a big... But it's, it's very uh, funny. Yeah. And then he says, save me a space, which is gilding the lily. Yes. <laughs> if you can get away with, if I were you, I'd hide under the bed. Ha ha ha. Save me a space. Hey, buddy, listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I noticed they have the new love seat. Yep. They sure do. They sure do. It made and it. And it looks hideous. <laughs> right? Comes it's down. hideous. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it doesn't feel like them to me. No. And it has a gingham side. Like, it, it's... <laughs> A monstrosity. <laughs> I love you railing against their design choices. It's horrible. Jamie messed up. Paul was right. Jamie well, no, Paul should have fought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, so man. Paul finally calms her down, uh-huh. it seems. But then she's like, why aren't you wearing the yellow shirt my mom gave you? Yeah. <laughs> and then they get into a fight about each other's mother's gifts to each other, which yeah. is amazing. Why aren't you wearing the yellow shirt my mom gave you? Because I like this shirt, and I'm saving the yellow one for when I'm lost at sea. Why can't you wear anything they give you? Boy, how can you don't ever wear that uh, brooch my mother bought for you? Come on, that paperweight with a pin in it. Hey, hey, no, no mothers. No mothers, Come I'm on. sorry. The two of them, in spite of all uh, of this, yeah. are, they're so supportive of each other. Yes. You get the feeling, right. you know what I mean? It's like... When it's, they fight, it's somehow not... Like, they're still in it together somehow. Yeah, there's a lot of, you got this, they are being crazy, they are frustrating, you are great, I have your back. Yeah. That comes through. It's just a fun a fun thing to see. It's a fun dynamic to see play out. Yeah. And then the doorbell buzzes. That's timing. They go and they get the door, and mom and dad are there. And who's, uh, well, first of all, I don't remember, and I didn't look up who mom is, but we'll talk about her in a second, because dad is Paul Dooley. Everyone's favorite dad. America's dad. America's dad. Playing the role of Gus. The new America's dad. (laughs) You all know Paul Dooley, I think. I knew him as Cheryl's Mm. dad on Curb, Your Enthusiasm. That's where I first knew him, which I know is, like, ridiculous because he's in a million movies, but, you know, shoot me. Oh, gosh. He's in the John Hughes movies. 16 Candles. uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's, I believe, in 16 Candles. Either 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink. He's the dad. No, it's definitely 16 Candles then. Yeah. Because I looked it up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we're going to, yeah, if we're going to go back and forth about, if it's going to be one of those two things, I'm just going to, it's going to be that one. I looked it up. Because it's a fact and I know it. I'm reading that fact. I just didn't know if he was in more than one John Hughes. I, because that's the one I wrote down. I saw Paul Dooley in 2003. Uh huh. He's also in A Mighty Wind, the Christopher Guest movie. Yes, that's right. And I, I wrote that down. And the <laughs> and the cast of A Mighty Wind did a tour. Oh. And they played concerts. They played the songs from the movie. Wow. And it was hysterical and wonderful. Yeah, that's great. And it was also funny because at the end of A Mighty Wind, you remember Harry Shearer's character from The Folksman decides that he's a woman. He realizes he was a woman. Uh-huh. And so at the end of the uh, so for the live show, they took it from there, and he came out in a dress and a wig, and he was a woman, and they so they maintained the continuity oh, right. of the movie, right? Because the concerts are live, so they pick up where the movie yeah. left off. Yeah, 
And Paul Dooley was one of the new Main Street singers. And he sat on a chair Uh and held a guitar face down, like strings against his lap, Uh the whole time and just sang. That's amazing. He never played it. He never strummed it. He never picked it up. Just that was his prop, just holding a guitar. I assume that's (laughs) from the movie. I believe it is, but just the idea of just being like kind of makes me think he's just like, wouldn't it be funny if I held a guitar and never played it? Yeah, right, right. And never even pretended to. (laughs) I would have given anything to have seen the Waiting for Guffman production. Oh my gosh. Live, like if they'd toured it. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh, what a great idea. You're very lucky you saw that. It was really, really fun. It was a great show. He's also a Robert Altman player. He was in Popeye. He was in um, The Player. He's a classic that guy. He's in everything. Yeah. He's in everything. Breaking yeah. Away, which I never saw, with mm-hmm. Daniel Stern. Mm-hmm. No, he's a legend. He's a living legend. And he was, uh, I don't know, just, these are podcasts, so who knows when things are recorded. But he was. A, he had a great interview, if anyone's interested, on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast. Oh, cool. Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. Good, good plug to him. Please come on Mad About Mad About You, Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, that would be a thrill. He's on the show. Is he? Yeah, he is, because he tells a story about being on the show on his show. Oh, how cool. And it's very funny, and we'll get to it one day. Great. And Teresa Stemple, mm-hmm. Gus's wife, is played by Nancy DeSalt. Did you recognize her from anything? I did not. Well, I have two interesting casting notes. One, she was also in The In-Laws. I don't know if you remember who else was in The In-Laws from Mad About oh, You. Oh, 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 uh, 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 it works with uh, Paul. Th- this is a much better sweepstakes, but we already have one, so we're not having two sweepstakes. <laughs> we couldn't. We don't have that kind uh, of yes, money. <laughs> you're right. Art Evans, Ike, was in the in-laws, too. So they share a credit. Sort of. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, no, definitely. It's just like, who cares, I guess. No, it makes me happy to know that they were going to be able to talk to each other about their experience on the yes. in-laws on oh, set. Oh, and Paul Reiser's <laughs> obsessed with Peter Falk. That's true. Who's in the in-laws. So we probably asked them about Peter Falk. That's a good question we could ask Paul Reiser. <laughs> now, Paul, thanks for coming on the podcast. Can I ask, do you remember asking Nancy or Art about working with Peter Falk in The In-Laws? How did I get here? <laughs> Here's the weirder credit, though, that blew my mind because I didn't even know this existed. She's had a long, great career. She's awesome. But this one blew my mind. <laughs> Did you know there was a show called The New Dick Van Dyke Show? I think I did. Tell, tell me about and it. And it had three seasons? I didn't know that. And it starred Dick Van Dyke, and it was created by Carl Reiner. How cool. I guess. Or or not. Or, or the opposite of that. so weird. Dick Van Dyke and Hope Lang play modern married couple Dick and Jenny Preston, who have comic misadventures raising their teenage daughter. When was this? 1971 to 1974. Wow. And Dick Van Dyke was out nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor. Isn't that weird? That's very weird. I had no idea. And what a weird name. What if they called all remakes, like, the new? The n- <laughs> Well, they did. The thing that's coming to mind, I mean, look, the guy's the worst. But when they did, uh, we already talked about America's new dad, the old America's dad, Dr. William H. Cosby. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. They had the Cosby show forever, and then years after that, they came out with Cosby, and he was married yeah. to Felicia Rashad. That's right. 
And that went a few seasons as well. Yeah, but I love that show. Which one? <laughs> Cosby. Cosby or the Cosby show? Cosby. I mean, yes, John... sure, I like the Cosby show too, but I like Cosby a lot. Dougie Doug was in it from Cool Running. <laughs> you are a wonder. I love you so much. <laughs> and he worked at JFK. He, like, conducted airplane. It was an interesting, you know. Oh. Well, we've got an, another podcast to do after this one wraps up. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Russia will have to steal those emails for <laughs> Dougie Doug to tweet them and say, hey, can you release Cosby on DVD? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. They show up and they are holding a grocery bag and a cooler. Mm-hmm. Which is like a lot already. Like parents do. <laughs> I guess like parents do, yeah. And guys calls Jamie Peanut. Yes. Immediately. Immediately. So that's her nickname. And a lot. Right. And within like two seconds of being there, they are already at work. Oh, man. Peanut, what do you say? (laughs) Jamie, you look so beautiful. Get that hair off your face so the world can see how pretty you are. Hello, boy. I love this little girl. This is my baby. (laughs) This is my prize. Been treating her okay, Paulie? The best care, you betcha. Paulie, got a loose doorknob there. Right there. You got a screwdriver? Uh, I don't know. How could you not have a screwdriver? I got a, I got a butter knife and we got a super, so. And that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. It's great. It's, uh, you know, it's also an old Jackie Mason joke. Is it? Yeah, he goes, it was part of an old album I had. And I don't remember how he set it up, but it was just, he was talking about, you know, get this, the difference between Jews sure. and Gentiles. And he was talking about tools, and he was like, every Jewish home in the silverware drawer has one butter knife that's got all its fuchs on the edges, and it's all jagged and messed up. That's a very good, Jackie. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So, yeah, so they are in full high criticism mode right Mm -hmm. away. Her mom wants to rearrange the furniture, Mm -hmm. which I thought it took real discipline for them to not make a love seat callback. She called it a couch. She called it a couch. I was just, I was like, oh, it's a love seat. Yeah. I made that joke in my head too. Yeah. They thought better of it and they were probably right. Probably right. I mean, we could have punched it up, but regardless. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We'll ask him that too. We'll ask him that. Do you remember episode five? Did it occur to you guys that you could have made a (laughs) wonderful callback? (laughs) Or we could just be like, "Uh, so we we thought of a few ways to make these episodes funnier. (laughs) Can we have a job working on Mad About You? <laughs> yeah, that'll be when we've officially lost our minds. <laughs> Paul goes to make them cocktails. Can I get you something to drink? Water. Splash of J&B? Just a splash. Double splash for me. Coming up. Have a seat. I'm not much of a drinker. Is that a thing? Scotch and water's a thing, yeah. Yeah, but I always thought it would be like, I'll have a scotch, cut it with a little bit of water. Yeah, I think it's a joke because, you know, they're older, so they drink very conservatively. Fair enough. I'll have a water with just a hint, just a little, a little bit of... Yeah, I thought it was cute. A taste of It's like people being like, oh, sure, a little, okay, I guess I could have a little. All right. Well, it's a hilarious joke. (laughs) And and they have the same uh, joke structure. Comes back a couple times between Jamie's parents. I really like it. Her mom says, should Gus, be responsible please, for- tell her about the grill I bought you. Mom bought me a new grill. 
Oh, I love those. Really great. I love those. Yes, they do a few of them. It's great. Really great. Every time. Yeah. We'll come around to the next one later. But yeah, really, really fun. Uh, it's, oh, also. It's a straight up vaudeville. Yes. This show has a lot of that in it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. He wants to show the spot to Jamie. You should see the spot I got. Tell her. He found a very good spot right by the curb. Peanut, come and look at this spot. But I'm also like, if you could see it from that window, that's a good spot. Yeah. Like a very good spot. That's something to brag about, for sure. Because as we know, George rotates when he parks in concentric circles around where he's going. (laughs) But it seems like Gus, George Costanza, for those uh, who don't know what what I'm talking about. (laughs) If you've made it this far into the episodes and you don't know who we're referring to when we say George, I'm confused by that. That's true. go ahead. (laughs) But Gus clearly seems to just stick on one block (laughs) and keep going until someone leaves. Yeah, he sure does. So then what happens, Johnny? They talk about New Haven. Oh, and that leads into the grill bit, right? Yes. Jamie, don't you want to know how things are at home, or don't you care? Oh, no, I do. The truth is, nothing much is happening. Oh, except the Frosty Hut. It's a crack house now. Are you kidding? Somebody should take those bastards out, line them up, and hang them. Publicly. On television. People should Gus, be responsible. Please, for... tell her about the grill I bought you. Mom bought me a new grill. <laughs> the parents play off each other beautifully as well. Oh, Gus seems like a Republican, right? I'm, I'd imagine so. Yeah, he sounds like my grandfather or something. <laughs> yes. So Jamie needs to get the hell out of there. Goes to the kitchen. There was a chicken in here. Who ate it? Did you eat it? No, I did not eat it. Somebody ate it. Honey, I want you to stand there for a second and just breathe. Will you stop making demands on me? But they're both right, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Guys always try to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. They do. Chill out. Calm down. Don't tell me how to feel. Yeah. And they're both right. Yes. The women are more right. Oh, Gus also complains right before Jamie leaves. He starts complaining. Oh, so they start eating Jamie's snacks, but then they can't eat the cheese and the pate because their cholesterol's too high. Mm-hmm. And then Gus starts complaining about his health care coverage. Honey, our cholesterol's through the roof. But that's nothing for you to worry about. We got major medical. Of course, those thieves don't cover half of what they used to. Oh, Gus, don't start. Who are you protecting? Are you best friends with Blue Cross now? Which is so frustrating. Yeah. Because he seems like a guy who would have voted against it. <laughs> and now has a problem with it. Yeah. People are complicated, John. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> they are. Oh, also, they hate the couch. So they we hate have the couch. common ground. Yes. <laughs> there was a moment. Oh, because then, unless there's anything jumping out at you, we can start talking about Jamie breaking down that meat with a butcher knife. And sharpening oh, a, yeah. a butcher knife. Because her dad brought a bunch of meat. Where are you? You skipped scene two. Did I? Did you? I don't know. Go ahead. Keep talking. Well, Jamie goes into the kitchen, which we talked about Mm -hmm. a little, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she just starts looking in the cupboards everywhere she can for low cholesterol foods. Anything that she has that she can serve that's kind of healthy. Right. Oh, I guess we did talk about this. Paul tries to get her to calm down. She asks if olives have cholesterol. (laughs) (laughs) It's a funny bit. Paul criticizes that she could do a better job of dealing with them. Uh-huh. And what's your point? My point is you're not going to change them, so maybe you could just like deal with it a little better. Oh, this for a man who goes into a fetal position every time his mother calls. 
I guess that's a quick scene. All right. <laughs> so they go back into the living room mm-hmm. right after that, and just Paul starts schmoozing them so hard. Here we go. Hope these are to your liking. Oh, look. He curled the lemon twist. Well, I remembered you enjoyed that last time. Thank you. That's a great color on you. It really is. You're a very thoughtful young man. Have you ever seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I saw the pilot. It's a great show. I'm a big fan. And yeah. in, in that show, they talk about she starts to please her potential love interest's parents. And she's like, I give good parent. And they, ah, they sing great. a whole big song about how she gives good parent. And Paul Buckman gives good parent. Yeah, he does. That's a, that sounds great. Yeah, check out the show. It's really good. Or not. <laughs> or not. Those are your choices. Yeah. Oh, so they start reminiscing more, and we learn about Jamie's exes. I always liked Paulie, especially compared to some of those other prizes she brought home. <laughs> what a parade. Oh, who, who was the one who stole her shoes? Arnold. <laughs> what a slug. <laughs> he was one of the better ones. Okay, can we stop this, please? By the way, he's a congressman now. I rest my case. I would have loved to have met the congressman in a later, a later season of the show. We don't? I don't think it happens. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't remember. Probably not. Probably not. Or I feel like jokes, allusions to things in people's personal lives, characters' personal lives, in early episodes of series are usually completely meaningless. I don't think that's true. And I think, I think every character who's on a show in early seasons is vital to the success of the show or failure of the show. Which is why all the characters now who we see, you know, Mark, France, Selby, they're all on the show for the show's duration. For the series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Season yeah. after no, season. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in this episode, which is weird, but... Even Jamie's mother. Yeah. Always plays the mother. <laughs> Jamie's mother and father. Yeah. You lock into that sort of thing. It's important for the continuity. Yeah, right. Jamie's mother and father, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both remain the same. Yep. They both remain exactly the same, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because there's that episode um, later where they're both played by the exact same actors. Same. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I thought only the mom was played by the exact nope. same actor. I forgot the dad was not replaced as well. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I'm glad we had this talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure no one's cracked the coded language we're using. Oh, my gosh. We're really dumb. We find out the cooler has fresh meat from the shop. Yes, fresh meat. Which means Gus is a butcher. Yeah, there we go. And owns his own butcher shop. Mazel tov, Gus. You're doing it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Working class. Jamie comes from a working class household. As Jamie sharpens her butcher knife, I genuinely thought she was going to kill her parents. Like, I was like, that's going to be an interesting turn for this comedy to take, is when the main character just snaps... And murders her parents in cold blood. <laughs> that was high stress for me. <laughs> I mean, if you have that little idea for what ideas fit into the tone of a show, watching anything must be an absolute <laughs> yeah. <laughs> insane roller coaster with you. Now, now, Mr. Riser, in this episode, did you ever yeah. think about maybe having Jamie just actually murder her parents? <laughs> And then just the blood. The blood everywhere. Did you think we about that? We thought that would have been funny. <laughs> you know, for like a really funny joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, he goes. Gus goes. Uh, Paul Dooley goes. You never should see my peanut wield this cleaver. Shove him up. You know, 
sweetie, these single servings are convenient, but they're much too expensive. That's how they get you. They're counting on the fact that people don't think. Oh, you know, honey, if you would keep your sharp knives right here next to your everyday cutlery, you wouldn't have to spend so much time wandering around the kitchen. You'll be dead in five years. <laughs> I'm getting anxious right now. Yeah. Recapping this. I mean, they don't stop. It's relentless. Her eyes twitching. It's crazy. And then Murray joins them. So it's the whole family's in the kitchen now. Mm-hmm. And we learn that Jamie went to Yale. Yeah. Yeah. She went to Yale. On a butcher's salary, too. I'm sure she got scholarships. That's really nice. All right. So. So they're all in the kitchen. And Paul can see that the parents are getting to her. So he tries to freak them out about logistics, which is his <laughs> M.O. Well, yeah, no, M.O. His go-to. And sort of, I think yeah. I learned that tactic from him as a kid. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a little. And I don't use it necessarily uh, as, as propaganda, but I certainly uh, analyze things in my own head that way. Wow, so after one already, you know, you got you really better get going because I, I, don't, I don't mean to push you out, but there might be a line at the box office. Oh, we so, have our tickets. But you don't want to miss the overture because I heard It's them. not a musical. Traffic? What are you talking about? <laughs> the show doesn't start until eight. You're not going to the matinee? No. We're going to the evening show. This way we can spend the whole day with you. No. Kidding. Really? Is that... Good. That's good. That, isn't that, that's, that's really... That's good. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. As he cited in episode two, everything takes four hours. That's true. I can't believe they're still at the Buckman's house. That's a thesis statement. Everything takes four hours. It is. That should be. And then he proves it. <laughs> that, could, that could be the name of this show. <laughs> well, Mad About You is mostly an academic endeavor, I think. <laughs> I mean, each episode is as airtight as a dissertation. Sure, sure. Work um, is supported. It's cited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the credits at the end have a bunch of little footnotes. Right. <laughs> I guess so that's he what starts this planting is. these seeds. That's basically. <laughs> he starts planting these seeds, and they're having no the effect. The script gets flipped. Yeah, because we learned that her parents have tickets for an evening show, and they've got the whole day to spend. Because it's got to be what, like twelve thirty, one o'clock, maybe. Give or take. And now Give they or got. Take. They were supposed to be there for an hour. Yeah, all of they, this anxiety probably been there. has been one mm-hmm. hour. Mm-hmm. So multiply that by seven. Mm-hmm. So then we go to scene four, which is in the living room. Ah, yes. We, Jamie's mm-hmm. in the closet on the cordless. Yes. Begging Lisa yes. to come over. She has escaped temporarily. And what I love is in the background, did you notice this? You can see Paul and Gus on their knees fixing something under a cupboard. I did not notice that. That's <laughs> yeah, really funny. They're, like, they're busy at work. But as expected with Lisa, the only way to get her down there is to bribe her. Lisa, I'm begging you, please come over now. You know, I don't care if it awakens your eating disorder. I can't do this alone. No, he's no help. He likes them. Lisa, I'll give you money. No, no, seriously, I have my checkbook in my hand. Fine, I'll send Paul to the cash machine, please. 
Yes. All right, hurry, hurry, hurry. Lisa, I love you, I love you, I love you. I... Yes, cab fare is included. Please. Godspeed. $300. Yeah, that's a lot. Especially in 92. That's... Yeah. In 92, that would be what now? Money. $300,000 $4, now? That's a lot of money. <laughs> no, it isn't. Is it really? Yeah, it, I think it was like it'd be like six thousand dollars. No, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I'm googling it. <laughs> Don't Google it. I am. You guys want to? A... You might want to skip ahead. If you want to skip ahead, go for it. But you're gonna miss out. <laughs> this is the longest episode yet that we've done, and you're googling the pre- the rate of inflation from uh, 1992 on, for a joke. Work. Hold that on, we're I gotta I gotta re- reboot my router. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, I'm restarting oh my, my computer gosh. now, too. Just so then hold what on. happens, John? I'm joking. Guess what, though? <laughs> you were so wrong. You you have no idea how inflation works. $525. You, you know which is still a lot, but, you know, it's an iPad. It's not a used wow, car. Wow, that is... But that's a that's steep... still more than I would have thought. Yeah. I would have guessed about 40 or 60 bucks. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, that's like a loan. That's enough money to be the plot of an episode. <laughs> I'll tell you, John. 300 bucks is the plot of this episode, so you're not wrong. <laughs> Jamie offers her a check, and Lisa, as expected, only wants cash. One can yes. only imagine why. Either the we bank she it. has is only in New Jersey, or she doesn't have a bank account, or it's frozen, or who knows. I think she has a terrible heroin addiction. I think she does. They don't reference it, but I do get that vibe a lot. Yeah. She's got to go outside and score some horse on the street right away. Yeah. So she can't be going to cash a check. Well, was that, there's that episode where we just follow her and Bubbles around. <laughs> Where's Lisa? <laughs> Is that your Bubbles? That's not bad, I think. I don't know. I, I have not. Seen I have it not. So seen, I know. Gosh. I haven't seen it beginning <gasps> to the end. I haven't seen The yeah. Wire is what we're talking about. Oh, I everyone, I know. T- tweet, tweet at Russ and tell him he has to watch it because it's so good. Everyone tell Russ he, he oh should see The gosh. Wire. Oh, my gosh. Please Everyone do. tweet him, oh, my God, you haven't seen The Wire? You got to see The Wire. <laughs> I know it's everybody who's seen The Wire's favorite <laughs> thing to do is to tell people who haven't seen The Wire <laughs> that they have to see The Wire. So, by all means. Yeah, and then it's going to go one of two ways. You like it? You won't like it. (laughs) You know, forget I said anything. I love The Wire. I saw the whole damn thing. So, well, that convinces Lisa. Thank God. Yes. And Gus comes out and criticizes their drain (laughs) immediately. They have a slow drain. They have a slow drain. He's replacing it. Yeah, he's or he's fixed the drain. He's got it. uh, The pipes are bad. He's got a pipe in his hand that is full of water. See, honey, you had your hair clogged right here in this section. All I had to do was remove the trap, clean it out, reassemble the pipe, and bingo. It's very handy, Father. Ten minutes it took him. No, that's nothing. Would have taken me five, but he had to use a butter knife. Did he? Let me tell you something. You know what you need? A good wrench and a set of screwdrivers. You know what I always wanted to get was a lathe. Why? Dead daddy, you're dripping. Take it from me, Paulie. You want to cut your teeth on a simple starter set. If you want a lathe, you got to earn it. I think I could handle it. No, Paulie. Trust me. A lathe is way too much tool for you. It bums me right out that this is the way the the writers decided to go with it. The hair clog? No, the hair clog is fine. I'm talking about him walking around and almost spilling water out of the pipe. That bums you out? Yeah, that bugs me. That's a lame joke. 
That's amazing. Uh, you're dripping, you're dripping, you're dripping. Wow, I didn't even notice. Yeah, and I'm just like, this is not... I'm like, come on, come on. This guy just replaced... He knows everything about pipes. You think he's going to walk around with a pipe full of water? I mean, uh, I guess, but I would also say, in my experience... Ooh, I'm really going to go out on a lunch here and say, in my experience, people who work a lot with pipes, water dripping around the house doesn't seem to be their main concern while the work is being done. Listeners, if you want to tweet at John about what you think about pipes and water dripping, by all means. Yeah, come at me. I don't care. Yeah, Paul wants a lathe, which I get because a lathe... Well, first off, I had to look up a lathe. (laughs) I remember there were old... No, I knew what a lathe was. There was old... I remember commercials for old toy lathes growing up. Oh, my gosh. For kids? Like, you... Yeah, you and put, like, a dowel wood? in it, and you could be, for, like, yeah, you're a seven-year-old, and every seven-year-old wants their own lathe. That's amazing. I know. I know lathes, baby. Well, I get why he wants a lathe, yeah. It's the most exciting tool, because you can make something with a flourish. <laughs> you're absolutely right. That makes it the most exciting. <laughs> well, because you want the instant, it's like learning a chord on the guitar. Sure. You know, you want the instant feeling of, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a carpenter now. Yes. You're right. <laughs> you know, I'm a musician now. I'm a. It turns out Paul got a B plus in shop. Yes, he got a which B plus in shop. Shocked me. Which <laughs> doesn't seem to fit. And then uh, Jamie's dad comes through with one of my favorite things we've heard so far. You know who's good at plumbing? Who? Canadians. I never knew that. Common knowledge. Really? That's what they're known for: bacon, hockey, and pipes. <laughs> Just beautiful. Oh, so stupid. So great. And then we have your vaudeville. Hey, did I tell you about the clog mom and I had at the house? Yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> Sweetie, tell them about the big clog we had. We had a big clog. Oh, this is what we heard. <laughs> and the doorbell buzzes. Mm-hmm. Lisa has arrived. And her, her hands, their hands were full of stuff. Her hands are full of stuff. In this case, street food. Right. Which it looks like a pretzel and then something. It looked like a hamburger, but... She's a big stress eater, and when it comes to parents, that's what gets done. We do what (laughs) needs to be done. And we learned that her nickname is Sweet Pea. What took you so long? I had to stop at every food cart between here and my place. (laughs) Hi, Sweet Pea. Peanut and Sweet Pea. Adorable. Now, Sweet Pea's Popeye's kid, right? Yeah. Yes. Olive oil and Sweet Pea, yeah. And Gus played Wimpy in Robert Altman's Popeye. Did he now? Yes, he did. Man, you're good. So. You're good. I guess what I'm saying is Paul Dooley maybe pitched that name or I wonder, well, we can ask anyone we get for an interview who was in this episode, God God willing, one day, if uh, anyone asked at any point what it was like to work on Popeye. (laughs) I'm only interested in the conversations the actors had unrelated to the show while doing the show. That's very smart. Do you think the opposite might be possible? Where the creator of Popeye was a big Mad About You fan and saw this episode? <laughs> By season five, he was so hooked. Yeah, and was just like, I'm going to name, I'm going to name a baby. I'm going to get a time machine and <laughs> and make a comic strip and name a baby Sweet Pea. That's certainly possible. Anything is possible. They started on Lisa, and Lisa is not having it. 
No. Yeah, Lisa shuts it down so aggressively. Honey, mm. I love your outfit, but wouldn't it look a little nicer if you just filled it out a little bit? She's so skinny. You don't have that bulimia thing again, do you? No. And if I did, which I don't, I wouldn't tell you because I wouldn't realize it. That's how it works. <laughs> How's the job hunting going? I mean, a smart girl like you, three years of college, shouldn't have any trouble finding a job. Well, considering it's a recession, uh, my unemployment runs out in two weeks and I have no skills. I think it's going pretty well. Remember, you can always come back home. I'd rather die. <laughs> She's just mm -hmm. blunt and sarcastic. Yep. She's Lisa. It's the best. But it's so much more effective than Jamie's strategy. Yeah. We also learned that she has three years of college. Yep. The Lisa character is so fun. Because it's just a compilation of every shortcoming everyone feels that they have. It's it, a great amount of college for this character to have. Yes. Two years would be too few. Four would be too many. I think everyone agrees. Yep. I went for three, and then I was I can't do this. I can't. I just can't yeah. do this anymore. <laughs> she was probably like nine credits short, and she was just like, "No, I'll 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 lose my mind," and just left. Oh, this is when Jamie goes to make popcorn. Yes. Whoops! I kept saying that last time they went into the kitchen. I was wrong. Forgive wrong. me. Jamie goes in to make popcorn. She's very defensive. Yes. Paul is and saying Paul's his telling stuff. her how good Lisa is at standing up to the parents. How's Lisa doing? Not bad. She's demolishing the brownies and your parents at the same time. Really? Yeah. You know, something? I never thought I'd say this, but you, you could actually learn something from her. She's, she's really, she's standing up to them. Oh, like I can't. No, you could. You could, but I, I think you enjoy letting your parents turn you into a walking tick. Like your family's the picture of mental health. No, but we don't go around pretending that we like each other all the time. <laughs> In this episode, we get to see what she's like with her parents, but they're really setting up what he must be like with his parents, which we'll get to see at some point down the road. You know, I kind of feel... I guess it's a credit to the writers, but I feel like every episode of this show could just, like... Since it's all about minutiae and they mostly happen in the apartment... Every episode could just be like, the resolution could just be like, then they had sex on the kitchen table, and afterwards everything was fine. Yeah, that's true. Like, if in this scene, she popped her head out and said, don't come in here, it's a surprise. And then yeah. they had sex. And then just yeah. like, oh, that was, and then the rest of the day happened. <laughs> well, that makes the pilot even better. Right. <laughs> it really is a I would like. To, I'd like to see that show where just every episode... The, the the resolution was the same. I mean, I, I think everyone would get pretty bored. I don't... Uh, no. No. <laughs> repetition. Everybody loves repetition. It's the key to most jokes. I wrote down something about a nose job joke. Oh, Jamie says to Paul, you should have married that girl with the nose job. Oh, because they're having a fight. Yes, right. Right. Paul brings up the lathe. Oh, Paul brings up the lathe. Oh, yeah, great time. Your, your father, he makes fun of my doorknob, and then and then he, he casts aspersions on my manhood. Your manhood? Yeah, you know, I happen to think I could handle a lathe. <laughs> I doubt it. Oh, you're pleasant. You're right. I'm just awful. You should have married that girl with a nose job. You're so cruel. You're just so cruel. The woman had a deviated septum. They all do. <laughs> Jamie doesn't think he can handle it either, which is yeah, very you emasculating. you can't handle a lathe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no one in the Stemple family believes, 
believes in Paul's ability to do carpentry. No. And frankly, they're probably right. Yeah. But Jamie Paul says you should may be exaggerating that B plus. <laughs> right. I'm sure he had a B plus for the first week and then Right, right. She says you should have married that girl with the nose job. Was this a thing? Like were was nose job surgery like at a peak in the early and mid nineties? Because um, there's so many nose job jokes from that era. I mean, yes and no. People always kinda or people get nose jobs and Sometimes, I won't say often, when... The, first of all, we're a couple of straight guys who don't have nose jobs. This is not our place to say. We are not judging. But also, yeah, it's kind of a thing that gets said occasionally. Just, oh, yeah, they had a deviated septum and needed it. No, but it's like a... Ju- like, you know what I'm saying? Friends made fun of it. Seinfeld. Mad about you. It was oh, like yeah. a must-see TV trope. Nose job yeah. jokes. And I don't hear them now. You hear them? No. There's no nose job jokes on the wire. There's... John, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Haven't seen it. You have to see the wire. It's so good. <laughs> My understanding is that that show is mostly <laughs> nose job jokes. You're wrong. <laughs> well, I can't wait to check well, it out. That's not entirely true. The first season's about nose jobs. The second season's about the doctors <laughs> that work on the nose jobs. The third season's... <laughs> Just about the patients. <laughs> Season four is about the uh, surgical tool distributors. Season five is still about drugs. Yeah, season five it's is about a- heroin. <laughs> it takes a real left turn. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but you know what? Everybody's going to say, ah, they should have ended it after season four. <laughs> uh, so- Do people really say that? About The Wire? I think so. So anyway. Lisa, we learn, is seeing a married man, and she's telling her parents about it. And it's not... Which is a thing that I don't know if I would do if I was seeing a married person. I don't think I could, yeah. Though I also don't think I could see a married person. Sure. So I think maybe the personality type that can see a married person can also talk about it. You're right. So is this Stephen a nice boy? Yes, but he's not a boy, he's a man. A married man. Where do we go wrong with her? Mom, Daddy, I have something to say to you. Didn't that used to be over there? Wasn't I right? And Mom moves the couch. Yeah, when they come back in with the popcorn, uh, Mm -hmm. back into the living room, (laughs) all the furniture's been rearranged. Yep. And the couch has been brought downstage close to the audience. So now you can see that it's even more hideous than you thought. It is the ugliest love scene I've ever seen in my life. I'd be pretty okay with it if they had another episode of just them just, well, we got to buy another love seat. And just like that was, if they burned two plots in the first 13 episodes of them just buying different couches, I'd be fine with that. That's how bad this couch is. I don't want to look at it for the rest. I mean, is it going to be in every episode for the rest of the series? I don't know. I'm going to stick a post-it on my TV and move it around every time the couch moves. It's an eyesore. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, the parents ask Jamie and Lisa to do, quote, the song. The song. Which the Gus song. describes as, oh, they just came up with it when they saw some movie. Oh, do you remember the song they used to do? Oh, Mom? Mom? These girls, one Christmas, saw on TV a movie. And while I'm still sleeping, they make up this whole routine that's their present to me. It's the best present I ever had in my life. And everyone <laughs> wants them to do it, and Gus guilts them, and then they do it, and it's... The very famous Sisters from White Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I love that they do. What? The way it gets led into is by, yeah, Dad gets very maudlin. Yes. About how much it meant. And then you get that wipe, that edit, where it's just like the screen flips, and they're right in the middle of it. I guess we can never get the past back. Exactly. It's just that sometimes when we're together like this, I miss the way we used to be. Gus. Who knows how many visits like this we'll have together. I just wish we had a video camera back then. (laughs) I guess I'll never hear that song again. Sisters, sisters, there were never such devoted sisters. Never had to have a chaperone, no sir. I'm here to keep my eye on her. Caring, sharing. Every little thing that we are wearing When a certain gentleman arrived from Rome She wore the dress and I stay home Lord help the mister Who comes between me and my sister And Lord help the sister Who comes between me and my man It really took me back. Yeah, it was just amazing peanuts. Shut up. Yeah, that is a great use of that schmaltzy editing cut. Yep. It's er, a great er, it's transition. A great yeah. Yeah. But, like, also, I guess I presume that Paul Dooley, the butcher, Gus the butcher, mm-hmm. just since he was a little kid, has just always been working so hard in the pipes and the meat that he just never even saw White Christmas. I got news for you, John. Huh. I also have never seen White Christmas. You have to see The Wire. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You haven't seen clips from White Christmas? I may have seen clips, but I don't know. Top to bottom. But also, you didn't grow up in an era where it was the most famous Christmas movie, you know? That's true. He would definitely remember White Christmas, yes. Yeah. Unless he was so busy cutting meat and fixing pipes. Get on the stick, Gus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> While they're doing the song, their mom does this, and I have to assume it was just her playing around. It's so she she gestures to them to smile, to smile. Oh, it's so funny. She stage bombs them in their living room. Mm-hmm. It's the best. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, and uh, Paul calls her peanut at the end of it, and she tells him to shut up. <laughs> and then we cut to them having left. As usual, it's the end of a long, crazy, funny day mm-hmm. in the Buckman home. They managed to stay the hell out of their castle of a bathroom. <laughs> Jamie is actually drinking whiskey neat and resting in bed. Yes. Which yeah. is, uh, we, have we seen them drink? We haven't seen, I don't know how much we've seen them drink. We certainly At, at Rifts they drink a little, I guess. We certainly haven't seen them drink immediately before bed in their bedroom. That's true. Yeah. She's like William Holden in Network or something. <laughs> Which I'm sure you haven't seen. She's a Tyrone. <laughs> What's that? That's Long Day's Journey into Night. Oh, I ugh, haven't seen, haven't read. <laughs> you haven't seen David Simon's Long Day's Journey into Night? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So, it's the end of the day. They're winding down. Jamie is 
reflecting positively on her family, lo and behold. Is it safe? Almost. All that's left is this stabbing pain behind my right eye. Did your mother move our bed? <laughs> Only a few inches. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's what's so great about... She's stressed out about... Like, the, Paul... I heard Paul Reiser say this on a interview somewhere once recently. That on the show, they always made a point to never let anyone say anything mean about someone to their face without consequences. Mm-hmm. And now that I've said that, I guess it doesn't really apply here, but... The... No. <laughs> no. My point was, though, with all of the stress and anxiety, they managed to never get into it. I heard Paul Reiser say once in an interview that Bye Bye Love was a lot of fun to work on and that everybody should go and see it. So long as we're talking about things that Paul Reiser said in interviews, that's one. Was this a really old interview? <laughs> yeah. Did you see it? No. Well, yes, I've seen Bye Bye Love. It's very touching. It's great. And funny. Yeah. I just thought that that applied to this episode. Oh, har har. Well, it does. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my point is, okay, just everyone forget what I said because it doesn't apply. But my point is the same, <laughs> that... They could have had everyone get into it, you know? Yeah. And then had a big yes. fight and then resolved it. Yes. Yes. Or just this is so realistic. Yeah. You know? You suck it up, then you you do the thing, and then you love everybody. Yeah. And God, Paul just wrote something that where they just say, you know, Jamie says... It's so strange. I'm 30 years old. I'm married. I have a home. I have a job. How come my parents can still push all my buttons? Oh, well, that's easy. They installed them. <laughs> Which is amazing. Oh, I want to know who came oh up with that God. line so badly. Because that best. is so I, good. Yeah, that killed me. Beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Real, real great. Oh, also, Jamie's on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they haven't, they haven't called it a night yet. Right. But they don't. Yeah, sure. Right, you know. The episode ends with them, you know, draped across the bed. So who knows what the rules are? No, absolutely. Also, we learned she's 30, so shoot me. Yes! Yeah, oh, it's the worst. There is nothing that I hate in this world more than finding out that I am significantly older than the grown-ups who used to be on television shows. Yeah, cuz you're what? I 57, right? I'm like 60. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. But no, oh yeah. The friends, all of the friends I'm older than, I'm older than the Buckmans. The friends are children. Yeah. Uh, you know what's going to kill me? I bet Michael Scott's like 27. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. No, there's no oh, way. God. Steve Carell's older than us. He's an, he was an adult first. That's true. He did the 40-year-old virgin in the office's first year. Oh, that's true. He looks so young. Yeah. He looks great. Hey, I wonder if he appears on this show ever. No. That's a good question. Probably not, but probably he might. Not. He's probably doing Second City <laughs> stuff. Yeah, probably not. Jamie's wondering if Paul thinks... Oh, yes, right. At the very end, after this entire family episode, mm-hmm. Paul's hugging her. Mm-hmm. Right? Around her waist. Yep. It's very yep. sweet. And the sibling rivalry emerges. Don't you think I sing better than Lisa? <laughs> Excuse me? In the act. Maybe it's just me, but I thought she was flat. (laughs) 
What and then we fade on out. Yeah. And then we can only assume that after the fade out, they get into a huge argument and the marriage dissolves. Yeah. And then. (laughs) That's probably what happened. They make amends and then the next episode starts. (laughs) That's probably what happened. Yeah. Their marriage breaks up, I think, between every episode. (laughs) Between every episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They have this sweet moment. And then after the applause, they go, now, what did you mean about that thing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And that's why they don't show it. You're absolutely right. It's none of our business. John, we did it again. We did it again. This is our longest one, I think. Easily. Easily. But I had fun with it. Did you have fun with it? I had a lot of fun. I hope you listeners had fun. Did you? Did you? (laughs) Tweet tweet at John and say, I had fun. Tweet at Rise and say, watch The Wire. Or. (laughs) Yeah? I think rather than doing that, John, where should people tweet at us? You can tweet at us individually. My Twitter handle is Russ Fader, R-U-S-S-F-E-D-E-R. What about yours? I'm at Johnny Marbles, no H. But please follow us and tweet at us at MadAboutYouPod. That's where we are. We are Because we thought at MadAboutMadAboutYou would be ridiculously long and maybe not even possible on Twitter. It's just too many. Too yeah, so many tweet at them characters. and complain about the character limit. Great idea. If you haven't yet, please do rate and review us on iTunes. It helps spread the word about this podcast a lot. It's quick. really helps us out. And uh, you can check us out. And like us on Facebook. Yep. Our Facebook page. Where you'll see the same things that you see on Twitter, probably. You'll love it. But whatever your favorite medium is, that's where you should definitely go. That makes sense, right? I think it makes perfect sense. If there's a swath of you who are interested in a paper newsletter that arrives once a month, let us know and we'll see about it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> It'll yeah. just be a printout of our Facebook page sure. over 20 days. We'll snail mail yeah. this. Absolutely. We're flexible. Yeah. <laughs> our theme song is by John D. Ivy. Our logo was designed by Nathan Diffie. Thank you to both of them. And hey. Yes. Thanks to you folks for listening. We've got great fans, I hope. <laughs> I hope you're all great. No, I'm sure you're all great. <laughs> Oh, I hope we have a fan. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I, honestly, I don't even care if you're a fan. If you're hate listening to this, that's good it's enough. Also for me. true. Also fine. This has been Mad About Mad About You. My name is Russ Vader. And I'm John Marbley. And, and this is what we're saying. This is what we're saying. Bye. <laughs>